0: gentlemen welcome back to a hoops journey if you don't know the name by now then you need to do a little bit more homework but uh i do i don't like to take a lot of notes for those that wonder or if you wonder at all about the podcast i like to really make this just a open conversation but i i did do some research and i do have to name a few things that i was reading upon um this uh lady has been balling for team canada for a long time so that's nothing new um just coming off uh, helping us get closer to qualifying for the Olympics, which we'll get into, and kind of the juggling of all that. Yes, yes. The all-time leader at Syracuse, and and I am reading this correct, in points, blocks, field goals, free throws made, free throws attempted, and games played, tied for, or no, second in career rebounds. So that alone kind of tells you a little bit Um, I saw some clips of her the other night with a light twenty-one and fifteen, and some nice high-low action sealing down low. Um, That's near and dear to my heart. And I'm I'm an undersized three-four, so a nice little jump hook seal down low is what I like to see. You don't see a lot of that in the game anymore, so I respect it. Um, The eighth overall pick in the WNBA, a great story, but more importantly, someone who is also uh, a writer came out with a book, "The Magic of Basketball," and has branded that and has a huge passion for the future of women, not only in sport, but whatever career they choose. So that's also something I'm looking forward to getting to as well. Um, we have none other than Miss Kayla Alexander with us today. How are you?
1: Well, talk about an introduction. <laughs> I um, mean, come on. Yeah, you definitely did your research. I don't <laughs> think I'm First for Games Played Anymore, I think someone else broke that record.
0: But I was wondering, I'm, I'm I was wondering.
1: i will break out the other records eventually too, but you <laughs> did do research, so thank you. And I'm yes. really excited to be here, and I'm excited to chat with you.
0: Awesome. Um, it's our pleasure, uh, and we appreciate you taking the time. Knowing that you've just come off kind of a crazy time, you know, you said, yeah, i am just touched down in Miami, I'm sure there'll be some downtime then, and it's like, nope. And then, yes. you know, a flight, and another flight, and games. And so just talk about the last sort of month for you juggling the whole professional side of things, but also um, having, you've got it on your chest right now, mad love for team Canada and, and uh, yeah, represent and sort of just knowing that we're that, I say we, but I feel part of it because I'm a Canadian too. And just sort of that pride and sort of how has the last month been and, and how do you manage as an athlete to sort of make sure that you're in a good place mentally and physically going through it all?
1: Cool. okay. So for those <laughs> who don't know, I play professional basketball in France for a team called Tangle Bourges, which is located in Bourges, literally in the middle of France. It's a two-hour train ride south of Paris. Um, and we play about twice a week. Uh, usually Tuesday or Wednesday, we play for Euro Cup, which is where we play against other countries, uh teams who are who are also in EuroCup. Cup. And then on the weekends, we play our LFB games, which is our League Feminine Baskets, or our French League games. Um, so this month, I had our games, and then we had a Euro Cup game in Antalya, Turkey. Then I flew from Turkey to Miami to meet up with our national team to have about like five days of training, and then after that, we had three games in uh, four days for our pre-Olympic qualifier. Since we finished this summer, we finished third in America. Um, which was the beginning stages of qualifying for the Olympics. Since we didn't finish top two, forces forced us to have to play in this tournament in February. So we played against Venezuela, Colombia, and Puerto Rico. We were undefeated. I handled our business. So now we have qualified for the final Olympic qualifying tournament that will take place in... Oh, wait, sorry, November. We just did November. Mm-hmm. Or February. Sorry, I just missed it. <laughs> Our tournament the final qualifying tournament will be in February. We'll be in Hungary. we have Hungary, Spain and Japan in our bracket. so not any easy games so I'll be tough games. Um, and then it's there's four different tournaments happening around the country or around the world at that time and the top three teams in each pool. Um, so top 12 total will qualify to play in the Paris Olympics in 2024 and that is our goal. So after we completed our job in Colombia, that's where our tournament took place, where we qualified for February, I flew back to Bourges in, well, technically Paris, did a three-hour drive to Bourges, where we are, and then I've been getting back into practices. We had two games already. We had a game, an away game, a home game that we just won last night, Uh, had practice today. I was able to get some rest, and then we're back at it. So back in the season, it never ends, Um, but I love what I do, and I'm very thankful to do what I do.
0: Sure. And I think, you know, that that idea of being grateful is always good, but also um, gives perspective for the listeners and people who... And I think it's great because um, we're seeing more on TV and we're reading more about our national teams and seeing... And, you know, just if, if some people have never followed the women, then they wouldn't know. And if you just followed the men this summer, just seeing the grind and, like, <laughs> the chaos of FIBA ball is nuts. And what you just described and sort of just that up-down and, like... <laughs> It's wild. And, and I think that's why we need to just be super aware, but also celebrate more when our teams do qualify and make the Olympics because the journey that it takes is crazy. And, and we thank you for, you know, and, and I know for you, you say you love what you do and it's a passion, but it's not something that you have to do, right? You're, you're getting paid to do something on one side, but you also have the pride to play for your country. And we're grateful that for that because uh, you're a killer. So we need you. <laughs>
1: I appreciate that. But yeah, yeah, I am. It's not always easy. Like sometimes yeah. it's a lot like having the travel, dealing with different time zones. <laughs> um, but I, I do think it's a privilege and an honor. And it took me a while to get on the national team too. So I don't take it for granted at all. I try to enjoy every moment of it because I know in an instant it can be taken away. So yeah. I'm yeah. very thankful and I love my teammates, the coaching staff. So yeah, I try not to take these things for granted.
0: Yeah, and have
1: and I, to play too. Like if you think about it, professional athletes have early retirements. We can't play ball until we're sixty years old. So yeah, ahead while you can.
0: It's very true, and 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 I think we'll probably get into it. It seems like you're kind of not reinventing, but inventing more about yourself um, post basketball here, which which I'm looking forward to get into. And you, that's a very good point. So yeah, take advantage. And also, super cool that it is hard to make the national team these days because we have so many Hoopers in our country, right? Like that's, you know, I mean, as I'm sure you had a lot of tough meetings and a lot of moments where you were jaded, but Mm -hmm. still that pride to want to play for the country, but knowing that, all right, like there's, I got to come correct here to make this team, which is, which is awesome. You know, I mean, yeah. So, all right, this is going to be great. Let's get right into it. Tell us about yourself. Um, Let us know about kind of young Kayla running around and, why basketball was, you know, what you chose when you were a young person and and when it sort of started to come into your life as a sport that you really wanted to play.
1: So I'm the oldest of three. Um, My sister and I are 15 months apart. And then after that, I have my younger brother, Kyle, who also plays professional ball. Um, He's five years younger than me. So growing up, um, for the most part, it was always me and my sister. We were like attached to the hip. Uh, yeah. We did swimming lessons together. My mom put us in um, She was in swimming. She let us, we played all the sports in school for fun because we just enjoyed being active. She would put us in different camps, always had us try different things. Um, so piano lessons, everything. And then this is when we were growing up living in Scarborough. Then because of my dad's profession, we moved to Barrie. And then that was in the sixth grade. We moved there. And then in the seventh grade, I met Nicole Murphy um, at Barry's Andrew Hunter Elementary School. And I was always the tallest in my class. And before I got there, she was always the tallest. So when she saw <laughs> me, she was like, oh, oh little tall girl, you should come to a basketball tryout with me. So I was like, sure, why not? So I'm down to <laughs> try something. So I go with her to a trial, thinking my parents and I think it's going to be like a little house league thing, but it's a full-on rep. Basketball team that travels across the USA, travels across uh, Ontario, competing every week and training at least two times a week. So I go to the trials and I am awful. I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, I can barely dribble the ball. I don't really understand the rules. I'm playing hot potato. I got. I go to do a layup and I break that ball so hard off the backboard. I think it starts going in the other direction. And it's just awful. So there's three rounds of tryouts. The first round struggles, but I make the cut. Second round, struggles again, make the cut. Third round, the coaches decide who's going to be on the team. And I think to everybody's shock, including my future teammates, they're like, Kayla, you're on the team. So I tell my mom and she doesn't believe me. So she goes to the coach and my mom's like, you sure? This is her first year playing basketball. She's not, I mean, she's athletic, but she doesn't <laughs> have like the skill set." And I'll never forget Monique Kovacs told my mom, I can't teach her height, which she has, but I can teach her how to play basketball. And so, thanks to Monique Kovacs, Keith Macy, my coach at the time, my friend Nicole Murphy, and my incredible parents, um, <laughs> all of them believed in me, gave me a shot, and helped me to develop. And slowly but surely, throughout that year, I slowly built on my skills, improved, slowly got better, and it was a fun season. It was a lot of challenge. Um, I remember the days in the in the. Um, Driving with my pops, he bought a basketball hoop, and we just worked on just doing mic and drills, English, the finishes, the hook shots, which to this day is my go-to move. Yes. I love the hook shot. I um, remember those hours that we spent together, the hours that they drive me to practices, um, the games. Remember my first game? I got an offensive rebound, and I was like looking around, like, "What do I do?" My parents, my teammates were like, "Shoot the ball!" <laughs> so I didn't realize <laughs> I was trying to put the ball back in. I remember that same first game. Also, I got fouled and I went to a free throw line and I airballed my three throws. So that was a good time. But I say all this because I started like you got to start somewhere. Right. But yeah, I continued to put in the work over the years. I started to develop that love for the game too. just there's something about when you see your hard work like pay off and you see the improvements. It's kind of addicting. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay. Like what, what next level can I get to? Um, so I really enjoyed that whole process. And um, throughout, I can, I can talk more into this, but just throughout my journey with the game of basketball, it has blessed me and taught me and challenged me in ways that I never could have imagined. Um, mm. And it's helped shape me into the woman I am today.
0: Mm. I love that. Um, so early on, when being big gangly, tripping over yourself, why did we not walk away? What was it about the game? Was it because you had the people around you that were just saying, You're, you'll be all right, just stick with it? Um, cause he beat me to my point. I was wondering how tall you were at that point, but, uh, why, five, why did you five? There five, you go. Okay. okay. That's like, I think that's the average size of our, uh, of our team this year here. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So why, why did you stick with it? What was it about the game early on? Cause clearly there was something that was helping you stick with it.
1: I think, and I can't speak for everybody, but no, like for mm-hmm. me, like part of it was my environment. And so I felt like as a young girl, I was put in an excellent environment that harnessed and like um was all about like uh, growth and development. Um, I had amazing coaches that were super uh, encouraging. I had really supportive parents who uh, were just all about helping me to have fun and enjoy the game. I had my friend Nicole and I made other friends on the team. Mm-hmm. And I think that social aspect too about having friends and that com- camaraderie at a young age, um, I felt safe. And it was, felt like I had a perfectly safe and fun environment to grow and to blossom, um, which mm-hmm. I'm thankful for. Um, and then also as far as like the love for the game, one thing I will say, I'm very thankful. My parents never forced me per se to do anything. Like they were always like, okay, you can try, try things. Um, Mm -hmm. if you don't like it, okay, at least finish it, finish that, whatever we paid for. And then you're done. Um, but with basketball, they never forced me into it. It was something that a friend introduced me to. And I just, that love developed naturally. Like it was something that I was able to find on my own. And through, I think that through the hard work, my teammates and just the joy that I had through playing the game and seeing myself, even though I was challenged and it wasn't always pretty, um, <laughs> I was having fun with it. So I think it, that that love just came naturally, um, which allowed me to continue to pursue the sport. So like, even as I got older, those moments that I had t- that were tough moments were Either I was on the bench, or I was going through injuries, or I wasn't producing the way I wanted to, the things that would make you want to stop the sport, I was like, no, I love this sport too much to stop here. Like, I'm going to find a way through this barrier, through this adversity to get on the other side.
0: Mm -hmm. Wow. Great reflection. I love it. Um, You know what? 122 episodes in or whatever. And I don't know if anyone's ever mentioned how they felt safe playing the game of basketball. Obviously, they did. And I think about myself as an educator. It's like the number one mandate at our school is kids need to feel safe or else how do they learn? How do they, you know, socialize if they don't feel safe in a building? And it's so true about sport. When you have that coach and those teammates that make you feel a part of it and feel safe, you really can grow. And that's um, that's amazing. Well done. Holy. All right. I love Probably it. young
1: girls need that too in sport. Like if young girls feel safe, accepted and in a... Great environment that fosters that, I feel like more girls would pro- hopefully and probably stay in sport instead of be dro- dropping out at the rates that they are right now,
0: so, so when you mention the the female side, you know obviously me being a male like is it because like is it do you feel like girls are just harder on themselves or they're so worried about perception like what what is it that's the safety side that makes it so important for someone like yourself when you're young
1: ooh, that's a good question I know I can't I'm not to. thank going <laughs> speak for everybody, but yeah. um. So I know for me personally, I'm very mm-hmm. like driven inside. Like I can be like my worst critic. Like I can be very <laughs> myself and I can remind myself, Hello. you wouldn't talk to your friends like this. Don't talk to yourself like this. And then I mentor some young girls and I've noticed that maybe it's because they're just, they're, they love the game and they're very passionate that they can be very hard on themselves as well too. So mm. I think being around a support or in a system where the co- coaches are constantly like encouraging you and like they see your drive and like they want to help you get to that point, but also remind you like, Take a chill pill, give yourself some grace, like have fun with it. Also, mm-hmm. like knowing that you're make, you're with friends as well, too. Like when you have friends on your team, it gives you more joy. So um, I don't know if that answers the question, but I feel it like. It does. Okay, because I was like that. I was thinking when you asked that question, I thought to the young girls that I've been to and they brought brought that up because they. I remember them saying like their Parents even tell me like they're really hard on themselves. Like I always try to remind her, like, you're not gonna be perfect from the, the jump. Like it takes time, it takes grace. And it's true. But I don't know if it's just that desire to always because you're so driven or what it is, but we can be hard on ourselves at times.
0: Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Thank you for that. All right. So the game keeps developing for you. Um, it's something that you're loving. You're you know, you talked about putting the work in and and seeing yourself growing and getting better and and realizing the skill sets getting bigger. Talk about those high school years for yourself and when you started to um, get some interest to the next level, you know, on the post-secondary side of things and and how that journey went for you.
1: Well, so I think from grade 8 to grade 10, 11 was like a lot of like growth. And it opened up my eyes to like the game of basketball where it can take you, the things, opportunities it can provide to you. So in grade 8, I think that's when I first started doing JDP and... BDP, these developmental programs that were within okay. Ontario, I believe. Um you familiar with it? Or?
0: No. I mean, we have, they call it CP, Center for Performance yeah, here. But I had that back in the okay. day too. Okay, yeah, so we
2: yeah. still have those.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a little bit modified. Um, they've changed it a little bit because in the club system and just sort of the travel, like in the lower mainland to get the best players from, you know, whether it's up north or off the island kind of thing. But they do still sort of have it. Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, because I remember also doing that, Yeah. and when I talk about anxiety, oh my goodness, I used to dread, as much as I enjoyed it, reflecting back, I'm so thankful for the experience, Mm -hmm. I used to have such anxiety going into those, only because I just saw the other girls, and I was like, they're so good, I'm not at the level, like, I'm not there yet, and I just felt, like, so not, yeah, I just felt like I was trying to, like, they were who I was aspiring to be. So mm-hmm. I always felt like a lot of like dread, excitement, but dread going into it. <laughs> but I'm still thankful because through there, I got to meet Mike McKay. I met Seth Foo, B- 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 Sefu Bernard, Um Various other coaches who were just really great about like...
0: We had Seth of- Sefu B- on the pod.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. was, oh yeah. I have so much love for him. He's amazing. Yeah.
0: What a what a spirit.
1: Yes. Oh my god. That goodness. guy's
0: got some energy. I felt like we could have gone for three hours just chatting. Yeah.
1: Yes, he's an yeah. incredible human being. I'm so thankful yeah. that he was part of my journey. Love um, it. But having coaches like him um, that are just instilling like skill sets, again, like teaching you basketball the right way. Um, so that was part of my growth, I would say, in development. Um, playing for Team Ontario. I played for Team Ontario for three years, and that was an experience as well, too, because then I got
2: mm-hmm.
1: to play against other girls across the nation who are the best of the best in their um, provinces. Um, continuing with AAU basketball, so playing for Bear Royals, and playing for Toronto 5-0, Toronto Triple Threat, um, playing in tournaments in the USA and challenging yourself against some of the best of the best in the US. Um, and then just seeing how the, they play and how you match up. And then I'll never forget in the ninth grade, I got my first letter and it was from Texas Tech University. And I was like, how in the world did a school in Texas play <laughs> all the way up here in Gary? <laughs> so I was so excited. And that's what opened my mind up to like the fact that Oh, Kayla, like, one, people think you're pretty good. And two, like, if you continue to work at this, you can get a free education out of this. You can go somewhere and play elite basketball and get an education in the process. So that opened mm-hmm. my mind. Um, through Team Ontario, being able to travel, I got to go to new provinces. Outside of that, for basketball, I don't think I would have ever traveled to, like, another province. So I got mm. to see, I think, three different provinces just through Team Ontario. And then through AAU Rep, being able to travel to the USA and just all the different travels I got to experience through this game, it just opened up my eyes to the possibilities and the people that I met. Um, yeah, it was an experience. I was like, okay, this game can give and do so much for you. Mm-hmm. Um, also, a little... So this is like a story that I like to share with young kids whenever like I'm t- talking about like my journey. Uh, I always talk about the recruiting process too, which in many ways... I was such a social or anti-social kid, shy. I did not okay. really enjoy the recruiting process. I didn't like the phone calls. Yeah. To but, uh,
0: the, forced, like the forced small talk, not your thing, yeah. huh?
1: Not my, <laughs> not my thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, not look forward to that. I was thankful I had my parents to help me out, especially my pops. Sure. So, but, to
0: him. Yeah, um, but you're also so young too, right? And you're talking to like an adult. It's like, yeah. how was your day? You're like, I don't know, like I had class and we had practice and then hung out and I don't know, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it is like an interesting I was thing. To
2: ask you how,
1: yeah, it was, just, yeah, it was a lot. Not my favorite part of the whole experience. Um out <laughs> <up, but>, dad. <laughs> oh yes. But I know, um, the thing that really stood out for me that I learned too is like, just like the skills and the habits that you develop at a young age that will help you in life, literally, like that, that basketball forced me to develop. Um, Remember, like my mom always told me, Kaylee, you're a student athlete, a student first and athlete second. She did not care. I remember one time I had an assignment that I didn't do and I had practice. She's like, you're not going to practice. You got to finish your assignment. So that was always her mentality. Um, but I remember I was struggling in my math class and Stanford was recruiting me at the time. And when they saw my transcripts, they're like, oh, no, nope. uh, we don't know if you'll be able to handle this workload. So... Mm We're just not going to look at you anymore. And that's something I always share with young kids because it shows the importance. Like, if you want to pursue basketball, you got to make sure academics are right there. So I got myself in shape and got that up to par. And then also not being afraid to ask for help because I was just in that math class, like, struggling. And then when it came to lay, like, Kayla, you're not doing so well. My parents on my grades. are like, Kayla, we can get your tutor. So just that, speak up, like, ask for help. And also, like, if you want to play at an elite level and play basketball, your grades got to be there too. So that's something I always share with kids. I'm like... I've, we're all going to fail. I failed multiple times and this is a learning experience. Hopefully you don't have to go through if you can learn from me. So
0: Mm -hmm. I think, um, to me, what I'm hearing is just a good reminder for coaches, teachers, mentors out there to sort of, um, just be in tune and connected with the, the people that are around you, the young people that you're working with. Right. Um, you know, at times coaches wonder like, why is that kid not doing this? And, Maybe like you said, maybe they're like you and they don't see themselves in that role or or to be able to perform that skill. And you need to connect with them and let them know that and make them feel safe again and build that trust. Just like in the classroom, you know, I teach PE. So it's more and I always say to the kids like when you're in math class, only the teacher and you know, unless you share with your friends like, oh, look at this F I got. We, we're the only two that know that I'm struggling, whereas, you know, in PE where you're moving and and so it can be very self-conscious. And so I really try to take an effort to make kids feel that this is not we're not handing out the, you know, handball award at the end of class. Right. It's it's a safe place. And I think that, that all the things to me you're talking and touching on is just to make sure that we're connected and and know know these kids, not just as a player or a student, but just a little bit. We don't have to know every single detail, but um, just make them feel comfortable. And it's so awesome that you've had that experience and sharing that. How have you gone about where, where have these connections come up for you in terms of mentoring young girls? Um, Is it when you're kind of back home, has it happened overseas or a little bit of everything?
1: A little bit of both. So I do yeah. what we're doing right now. I jump on a zoom call with my yeah. like Nice. Yeah. When I was at home, but I could be more consistent. I would try to like weekly. Sure. Yeah when you play ball overseas it's a little hectic so now it's like once a month once every two months unless they send me a text or email like can we jump on a call and I was like sure let's try and figure out this week
0: that's amazing Um,
1: yeah because honestly I just try to this game has given me so much and I'll be forever thankful to it so I always try to like just give back people poured into me I wouldn't be here where I am without my parents my support my community those who supported me and helped me along the way so to me it's important to be able to take what I've learned and gained from this sport and pour it back into the next generation
0: As you know, uh, Carl and myself run this podcast uh, strictly out of our own pockets and try to do our best. And we've had a guy step up, um, a gentleman by the name of Doug Beers. Doug Beers has a company called Pro Gift Cards. Uh, It also funds our other sponsor, uh, PGC Basketball Academy, with some other key corporate donations um, that Doug gives out. He's a very generous guy. We're very thankful for him. If you need bulk gift cards, and when I say bulk gift cards, I've been to his office from Tim Hortons to Earl's to Canadian Tire, it's across the board, Walmart, you name it, all right? For your company or any organization, Pro Gift Cards can get them to you at a discount. If you mention a Hoops Journey podcast, you'll get a special discount as well. So whether you're running like a golf tournament or some sort of event, reach out and he'll take care of you. If you Google Pro Gift Cards, they're also found on the Walmart Canada website under Gift Cards as the exclusive supplier for Walmart Canada gift cards. Support this company, Uh, he's a great guy, a big hoop head, um, and has really looked out for our podcast. Once again, that's Pro Gift Cards. Mention A Hoops Journey, and you can find yourself a little bit of a deal. Thank you to Doug Beers. I mean, props to you. And I think that's fantastic. It says a lot about how you're brought up and, and how you've grown into the woman that you are and also how cool it is we're in a place where a, a young person can just send a text and it's a quick Zoom. Whereas, you know, you know, not long ago, it was like, how the heck would you be able to mentor someone from Ontario right now? Like it just wouldn't happen. Maybe it's like a, a phone call, right? So I, I think that's so fantastic and good for you. And, and uh, I think you're going to impact and are impacting so many people. That's great. Um, so let's be honest, you're out there, you're killing the game. All right. Um, you're getting letters in grade nine. There's good things happening. You're also overwhelmed and not really liking the recruiting side of things. How does one decide on, uh, on the orange, on good old Syracuse? Um, obviously in a pr- pretty well-known athletic school, but it um, sounds like there's going to be some academic reasons and maybe location, but, uh, how did you, I'm guessing the shoebox was stacked with letters. So, how did we decide that that was the spot?
1: Yep. So, again, my mom, her number one thing was Kayla, education. Like, that's most important. Mm -hmm. Basketball can stop at any time, but uh, your piece of paper, once you have that, no one can take it away. So, her big thing for me was figuring out what I wanted to actually do, which since ever since I was like in the grade, second grade, I always wanted to be a teacher. I had this incredible teacher, Madame Cassette. Um, I was in her class, she skipped my sister grade because she noticed like she was excelling and she was just helping me with my art and like I brought up my artistic side and yeah, she just inspired me to this day. I still think of her when I think of teachers. So I was Wait, like, I want to like her.
0: You mean she didn't just stuff curriculum in your face and give you homework? No. She actually connected with you and...
1: Yes. She oh, was. okay. Oh.
0: <laughs> cough, cough. <laughs> Sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: she was great. Like just... Yeah, amazing. So, because of her, I always said I want to be a teacher, and that mm. was always my mindset: teacher, teacher, teacher. So, my mom was like, "Okay, well, now we know that that's what you want to do. Mm-hmm. So, we're not going to a school that doesn't have this uh, a teaching uh, teaching uh, program for you." Yep. So that eliminate some schools because there's some schools i really like but they didn't have it and they're like we can make it for you and my mom's like no go to school Dad. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so
1: that was one and then the second part my parents were just like okay what's important to you do you care about the weather do you care about how far we are just keep in mind like if you're further away we can order the games online or on the tv but we can't come see you and support you as often in person um or are you going to be homesick which i i don't really get homesick mm-hmm. um other important things like they're like, campus, does that matter to you? Uh, the coaches, the coaching staff, what kind of relationship do you have with the coaches? Their style of play? Do, is there opportunity when you come in, if you come in your freshman, sophomore year, will you get opportunities to play or will you be riding the bench up first? Um, they had me like literally critically think about all these different situations and scenarios that could happen. And then in the summer, my dad and I did like a long road trip, just going on unofficial visits to different schools, checking out the campus campuses, connecting with some of the coaches in person, um, seeing the different uh, the locker rooms, just the, just in general, just like checking it out just to see what it would be like, trying to get a feel for like living that true experience. Um, and then eventually I narrowed it down to both Orange schools, Syracuse Orange and Illinois University. And when I went on my visit to Illinois, it was good because I got to do the camp, like did the campus tour, got to play with the girls, pick up, which was fun too. So I got to see like, okay, areas where I need to, where I measure up, where I don't, my weaknesses, Mm -hmm. Um, good chat with the coaches, um, had some experiences where I saw some things, saw some things that we probably wouldn't have picked up on just over phone calls. And personally, at the end of my visit, I was ready to commit. I was like, pops, I want to go here. And my dad's wow. like, no, I still have to go to Syracuse. You don't have to give a decision until after Syracuse. You have to wait a couple, wait like a day or two, and then you can make your final decision.
0: And I love so your was, parents. I don't yeah.
1: like, oh, yeah, I was blessed.
0: A, yeah, no <laughs> doubt. It's
1: it's awesome. time, so I was blessed.
0: Sure. Um,
1: then we went to Syracuse University. I had a really good relationship with the coaches there um, Coach Q, Matt Luneau, Coach KB, Coach Mayor at the time, eventually, Coach Kelly, Coach Moody, um, all of them. So, when I went, um, I liked the university, I was still stuck on Illinois, I really wanted to go there, but they had the education program that I wanted, there was opportunities for me to play, I gelled really well with the girls in the team, and I had a really good relationship with the coaches, and I felt like I could trust them, and like my parents had a good relationship with them. So yeah. at the end of the day, I ended up going to Syracuse, and I don't regret my decision. Um, I'm very thankful. Um yeah. So that's how I ended up with uh, Syracuse. One thing I, looking back that I would say though, is um, at Syracuse, they play a lot of like two, three zone, which is fine. Yeah. Um, but if you want to play, so for me as a big girl, like my job was to stay in the paint, protect the, protect the basket, protect home court, essentially. Yeah. Um, but I noticed like, Playing at the pro level, we don't play a lot of zone. You play more like man-to-man. People get out and hedge, to ice, do traps. So I felt like there was a little bit of a learning curve going from college to um, the pros in that aspect. I got some of that experience through Canada basketball because they played more man-to-man. But yeah. that would be one thing I would tell future girls. Like, okay, if you're going somewhere, what's your end goal? Like, Because you... at the time, I wasn't thinking pro. I was just thinking I got college education. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> Um, but these are the things that I would encourage girls to think through long-term. Like, is your goal just to play at college? Would you like to play pro at the next level? The, well, these are the things you need to consider going um, mm-hmm. forward. So.
0: And also, when you do force baseline in that pro game, the help might not be there, right? <laughs> <laughs> that part <laughs> <laughs> um, But I also, like we talked sort of earlier, how cool, like you're still young, but since you've been playing the idea of becoming pro is huge, right? It's just, it's grown so much. And I think that's fantastic that the consideration. And it sounds like you maybe are just someone who their whole life is going to have a little bit of self-doubt just to keep themselves motivated. You know, maybe that's just part of who you are. Like I never see myself as a pro, but I think cool that more women and men, that it's not just pro in, in North America. It's There's so many options for us. Um, to play overseas, which is super cool. I think that's great. Good advice. Another thing
1: I'll I'll add to that too, though. Yeah. Like, I don't see it much. Like, I watched a couple, like, a few games there, like, WNBA with my dad, but, like, you don't really hear much about, like, the overseas, I guess, unless you, like, search for it or, like, your family's really into it, which our our family just wasn't. Like, you don't know about, like, the opportunities to play overseas and to make, like, a lot of money or to have, like, a good life experience. I feel like... I think it's changed now with social media. Like you can see it more. You're you're learning more about like, okay, there's zero league and people are killing it here. There's zero cup. You can go to different leagues and play and have like a wonderful lifestyle. I think if I was exposed to that more, then maybe perhaps that would have changed. But because Mm -hmm. I was exposed to it, I wasn't thinking like, oh, play pro in the future. So um, yeah, yeah, I think maybe if I had been exposed to it, if I knew more about it, then perhaps maybe it would have been like, okay, I want to play pro after. So what do I have to do to get, to, or I believe, maybe I believe that I could do it. Mm-hmm. So, Also, I didn't think I, I wasn't thinking pro until I think it was summer going into my senior year. My dad called me all excited. And I was like, did you win the lottery? And he's like, <laughs> your name is on the mock draft li- list. You're the last name on there, but you're on <laughs> there. And then throughout the year that was like motivation for me. I was like, oh, yeah. well, this is a real, this is something I can actually pursue. Let's, see where we can take it. And my name slowly went up the list and then eventually got drafted. But yeah, I wasn't exposed to it as much. So I think in a way, thanks to social media and the way like the world is becoming like borderless in a sense, like you can mm-hmm. get access to things now. I think that's changing, and showing young girls, like the
0: possibilities. Such a good way to frame it. Yeah, And I, and it is one of the powers of it, right? Because it makes people feel like it's more tangible. Even your favorite athletes growing up is like, I only know these people from seeing them play and maybe the odd interview where it's like, if they choose to put themselves out there on a platform, you can get to know family, friends, whatever they're doing, you know, their favorite Starbucks order, whatever it is, right? It just makes it even more tangible and connected. Good point.
1: That actually reminds me, Mm -hmm. I think her name was Deanna Nolan. I think they used to call her Tweety Bird. Um, when she played at <laughs> the W, I remember watching her a couple times, and like I got to the league, she wasn't there. I was like, oh, I guess maybe she's retired. It wasn't until I played in Russia, where I was seeing her still like getting buckets on people, and I was like, oh, she's still playing. She's just playing overseas, so that like just blew my mind. I was like, oh, she's still playing. There's a whole world yeah. out there of people playing professional sports and still getting buckets, and so that that kind of blew my mind. That was like a, I used to watch you on TV when I was a kid, and now I'm playing against you. Moment,
0: yeah. it was really cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. And uh, we'll get into that for sure. So, okay. So the Syracuse time, take us through, you know, the four years as much as you can without fast forwarding anything that you think is important, but sort of you step on campus and you start those practices. Was there a big jump for you? Did you feel it? Um, Was it just more kind of uh, the time of it, you know, lifts, you know, class practice, what, what were some of the differences between, being probably a pretty dominant high school player and stepping on to a high level division one basketball.
1: So as far as the workload of like the practices getting in the weight room, I would say I was pretty prepared and Mm. only thankfully because of basketball Canada. They did um, before rep schools were a thing. They created this program called NIDA, the national elite development Academy where they Mm. took 12 girls from all over the Canada, which lived with host families in Hamilton We'd go to school in the morning for like three classes at lunchtime. We'd eat, then we'd go to McMaster University and train. And we would train there. We would do running on the, I remember running the football field. We would train, do weightlifting. And then for our games, we would play against high school boys and juco colleges. So we were playing against people who were like top notch. Well, yeah. uh, better than us or like more athletic mm-hmm. just to challenge us. Um, And we were doing our thing against them. So just because of that schedule, like getting in the habit of that, and having to like okay be on top of your school, or making sure like you're going to your training, getting your lifts in. When I went mm-hmm. to college, I was like, oh, I've been doing this, so this isn't much of a surprise to me. So I'm very thankful to Nita for that. Nice. Like, um, good shout that, out. Yeah,
0: like, I forgot but, about that program. Like, yeah, that's right? good. Yeah, <laughs> that's
1: yeah, all that I <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah, that program really prepared me for when I got to university, um, but that. Being said, like still when you're playing against like university girls, like the game's faster uh, as well. They're stronger than you. So um, there was definitely some challenges, but I I felt like I held my own and I was like progressing and I was able to earn myself some time to get on the court and play and produce for my team. Um, So, yeah, I think. I was fortunate. Every year I averaged double digits. I think I averaged like 10, 14, 14, and then 17 my senior year. So not terrible. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I had coaches (laughs) who believed in me and challenged me and allowed me the opportunities to earn. That's the other thing too that I appreciated. The coaches never promised me anything. They weren't going to say, oh yeah, if you sign here, we'll we'll make sure you're starting and you're going to get playing time. I had to earn everything. or Everybody had to always earn um, your time on the court, which I appreciated as well too.
0: Yeah, and your reflection on picking the schools, that's just another and one there because I thought all the things you touched on were great. And and I'm sure you heard many people say, oh, well, 30 minutes a game and we'll give you the best dorm room and blah, blah, right? And yeah, sounds like mom the- wasn't having it either way. So... <laughs>
1: <laughs> you got to earn that in fact. you got to earn that through making your times, <laughs> the running in preseason, um, making sure your grades are up, and then how you're producing practices is going to determine whether you played or not, so...
0: Are there any games that stick out? Like when you think of your time at Syracuse, what are? Is there a couple games with like a crazy finish or good crowd or game on the road that stick out to you?
1: Yep, uh, home game. I think it was my freshman year against Georgetown. I think we lost by two or by one. Mm. And I remember it was. I played against her a couple of times in the league. We called her. Her name was Sugar, I believe. Is it Sugar Rogers? She played for uh, Georgetown. And I remember her shot at the end. Like, I grazed it, but it went in. And I just felt like I let the team down because they won. <laughs> um, I don't know why, but that's, like, a vivid memory that I have. And um, we're playing in Syracuse as well, too. Um, what are other vivid? All. A lot of my vivid memories are like losses, which is kind of sad. <laughs> uh, and then another one was a fun one, though, a good memory, uh, playing with Brittany Sykes uh, when she hit her half-court shot to beat, um, it was uh, St. John in St. John. I'll never forget that. I was like, that was a wild moment, a fun moment. Um, when we finally qualified, it took until my senior year, but we finally qualified for the... Uh, March Madness uh, to go to the NCAA tournament. That was a great experience, a good moment. Um, yeah, sadly, right now when I'm thinking about like big games, I'm thinking about games that we lost that were like dis- disappointments to me. I don't know <laughs> why, but those are the ones that come to mind. Um, and then also like playing the ga- big games, like playing against the Connecticut's and being like, wow, like these girls are really good, and the Notre Dame's and the Louisville's. And I played in the old school biggies, well, mm-hmm. I call the biggest. I think Hello, that was yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. League. Say I less, yeah. I got I'm you.
1: Biased. I'm biased, but I think the <laughs> top Big <East> was tough. <laughs> like we had <laughs> top teams. Um, it was you didn't have any days off in the biggest. You were going to battle. Um, but all those games I thought helped make you a better player and challenged you and helped your team to improve. So
0: nice. I'm looking it up. She's Sugar Rogers, all-time leading scorer for Georgetown. Yeah looks like yeah. she had a pretty solid wmba career.
2: Yeah.
0: Coached in the WNBA and now is at William and Mary coaching. So seemed like a bit of a hooper.
1: Uh, yeah. Oh no, she was even back then yeah. she could shoot that ball. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> um talk about those last couple of years when did you what what's your I mean obviously and it, sometimes it's unfair maybe you maybe it's maybe I'm wrong in assuming this the more one of the better talented players usually taken to step into some form of a leadership role when did you see yourself as kind of a leader and what what was your style um are you like a intense on the floor yeller are you a one-on-one is it just I go about my business and hope people can see the work I'm putting in talk about that and the example that you set out there on the court because I'm sure by your senior year you're maybe not maybe you did have the title or not but Like, definitely the girls are looking at you for that, for sure.
1: I'll be the first to tell you I'm not the most vocal person. (laughs) I'm not going to be like, I'll say something if I need to, but I'm not the loudest, most vocal, always saying something. I like to lead by example. I like to take care of myself. And then if you
0: did, they're like, damn, we better. (laughs) (laughs) She's on one today.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Usually I'm the kind of person who just tries to go and do her job and lead by example. Like, you know, I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do, I'm going to do my best to do the right thing and be an example that you can follow. Um, mm-hmm. That's my personal leadership style. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as on the car- court, I'm going to be honest too. Oh, I don't know, just, just who I am. I take after my pops perhaps. I'm not the most like, oh yeah, yeah, Like most like passionate, like I'll get hype for my teammates. Like if I make a great move, I I really get hype. And that's yeah. like soft and then I might like, show a little emotion, but I'm just like, <laughs> okay, did my job. done my two foul shots, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's just... Me, yeah. person, so yeah, no, no, no. I joke like maybe I'm not the most exciting person to watch because I'm not doing fancy things. I miss fundamentals, I'm making lamps, doing hook shots, trying to block shots. Um, but I try to do my job and do what I need to do to help the team be successful. So, might not be the most exciting player, but
0: 21 Good. and 15 in the last game, ladies and gentlemen, 21 and 15. Mm-hmm. So, that who cares about the excitement? Just get it done, yeah. Yeah, I get hyped
1: for teammates. Like I'll always type up my teammates. When of they get mad ones, you'll see me get excited, like chest mm-hmm. bump and all that stuff. So I get excited for others and hype them up.
0: Yeah. Teach a leadership class here and always trying to tell the kids, especially, you know, 16, 17 years old. I think they think that, you know, the most popular, the most extroverted, best looking kid is like the leader, right? And it's like, you know, we've had a couple of principals here that are highly introverted and are still, you know, and so I think it's knowing that you find your skill set and just, you know, it seems to me like if I was your teammate, I would look at you as just a hard worker, always about a business, going to get it done and someone can rely on. And if there is a day where Kayla says something in practice, you're like, damn, we better get ourselves together because even she's speaking up now. Right. And, uh, and I think, you know, you're almost downplaying it or saying like, I'm not the most exciting, but We also have to understand in basketball, like there's roles, right? Every, you know, not everyone wants to be the rebounder shot blocker, but you've taken that and you can obviously score too, but you've taken that and excelled at that because you've embraced it as opposed to, you know, I'm going to be a one-on-one or I need 30 a game to to do this thing. I mean, you got your numbers, but as what I'm saying, kind of makes sense.
1: It does. It does. Yeah. If anything, I feel like I'm going to be that teammate. That's always going to try and encourage you. Like if you're having a down moment, I'm going to try and bring you up. Like I'm I'm good one-on-one. Like you got this, you're good. Like if you're not having good, shoot, keep shooting that ball. Like we'll get. The, like we need you to shoot. Like I'll try to be like that person. I just try to tell them what I would want to hear. Like if I'm having like a rough moment or from down or whatever. So I just always try to like encourage as well.
0: Yeah, for sure. And then I mean, even like look at look at your brother, for example, right? I mean that that's a guy who's willing to accept a role and try to excel in that role. And it may and he may see himself at times in something different. But it's like, this is what it is, and I'm going to be the best in that that I can be, right? And yeah, no, I think that's great. Okay, let's get to your senior year. You you, t- you know, yeah. you said to your, your pops finds you on the depth chart, you're last on there. But then that's a little bit of internal motivation for you, and you find yourself climbing quite high towards the end of that year. Um, was it a surprise where you got picked? Um, talk about that whole process. Um, I'm a WNBA player and, and all that stuff.
1: So I'll go back that sure. summer when he called me and made me realize like this is like an actual possibility. So let's try and to work mm. towards this. I think mm. that was like first time, like I actually like wrote out like my goals and like put it on the wall so I could see it every day. So I was like, I want to accomplish this. And I wrote down, um, my scoring percentage, how, what I wanted to like shoot for that year. Um, the personal goals I had for myself academically, athletically, socially, things like that. Um, the end goal, which was to get drafted and those, and then I told my coaches, I was like, this is my goal. And then if I wasn't uh, producing up to par. If I was having a bad game, I remember one game I had, Coach Q, like he was like, "Kill, are you trying to get drafted right now?" Because I wasn't doing something, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, thank you," and like got got my ish together. Um, but yeah, I just remember that year I was really focused on like trying to accomplish this goal. I knew what I wanted to accomplish and go after. And then after the NCAA tournament, where we had our sadly early exit, uh, um, I had a. My coach got me in contact with the agent and mm-hmm. the different coaches from the WNBA called me. We had a couple of conversations just to get to know me, um, their interest level on in me. And then eventually um, when the draft came, I wasn't invited, which was fine. Um, I was on campus, which I think I would have preferred anyways. I got to go to my classes, take care of my mm-hmm. business. And then I think it was a Monday because that day I had, is it either Monday or Wednesday? Because I had women's Bible study. So I remember mm-hmm. in Bible study, we end in prayer and then mm-hmm. when we finished praying, like my phone's going crazy. And the first person to get through to me was my teammate, um, still a friend to this day, uh, Felicia, just like, girl, you just got drafted. And I was like, really? And then the next person to get through on my phone was Coach KB, Cornell Battle. And he called me and was like, yeah, congratulations. And then he was on the phone with my parents because they were in Canada and they didn't have access to watch it. So oh, he was yeah. his phone on speakerphone so that they can listen to the draft <laughs> taking place. So it was like an experience. <laughs> we all got together. And then I found out this year, actually, because I went to his wedding this year. And the full story is KB was actually at our, what was his role? He was another person who worked at the university at the time. I think he was part of our like media relations. He was at their house, and I had a really good relationship with that as well too. But that was part of the story. I never knew. So like all of them were part of that, which I thought was pretty cool. So I found that out yeah. like, years later. Um, but yeah, so there's that, and then yeah, I finished. I left school a little early to go to training camp. So I got talked to all my professors, got things done early, mm-hmm. um, and then went to training camp and. Yeah, went to work in the W for a bit.
0: And how was that?
1: That was a learning, another learning curve. Uh,
0: now, when you go, when you go, does the team help you get settled in? Is it like, do they? Yeah, do they find you a place? Do they at least take care of a few things for you so you can focus on hoop or yes. yeah, yeah. So I
1: got drafted to San Antonio. So the manager reached out, um, told me like. I created my flights, asked for all my sizes, for my jersey and everything, practice gear, all that good stuff. Um, They pick you up from the airport. They bring you to your... Um, apartment. She get provided with a car. At the time, I didn't have my license, so I would. <laughs> oh, I'd you're there. one of
0: those, huh? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I started in high school. I had my G, my G two, but I never finished my license. And then I went to the states, and then Just didn't wow, need I it. Made my car. Yeah. I walk everywhere on campus, to take the bus. <laughs> so eventually, my second year, I ended up getting my license. But. Um, in the states. But, yeah, so they had a car that me and the other rookie would share. Um, they take you to your testing. And then we just, me and the other rookie, we were in the same apartment complex. So we would mm. uh, drive to practice together, and all that good stuff. Um, but, yeah, they help you get settled in. And yeah. then on the core, I just remember it being, like, challenges and battles every day in practice. Um, the other big, which was another full circle moment, because when I was, I think it was my senior year, or maybe a couple of years or my junior year, mm. my coach, KB again, he had me watch a video of Jane Appel because she played at Stanford. And he was like, watch how she runs the floor and seals underneath the basket. Like I, I needed to do this. So he had me watch lots of game film on her doing that.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Then I get to the WNBA and she is my teammate who I have to battle against every day in practice. And she is <laughs> strong. <laughs> as can be. And she's my height. So those are like, it was good battles. She helped make me a better player. Um, and then I remember playing with uh, Sophia uh, Malcolm. or mm-hmm. That's her name now. Sophia.
2: what's her name before?
1: Sophia. I'm forgetting. She played at Baylor. Um, really great player. Played with Becky Hammond for a year. She was injured, I believe, the year before. So she was like a player coach. Um, Gia Perkins. I'm naming people now who people are like, who are like, I've. Shows how, like, this was a while ago. Um, but yeah, I had some
0: really tough Sophia stuff. Young Malcolm?
1: Thank you, Sophia Young.
0: Yeah. I got you. I got That's you.
1: a Mary name um danielle adams like i was yeah i was being challenged in practice every single day and then i had to go out and play every day when i got the opportunities when mm-hmm. i got again on the floor for a bit i mm-hmm. got to play against tina thompson i played against sylvia Fowles, who i just admire so much and just was in awe playing against her
0: because of just hey okay, can we talk about tina thompson
2: yeah
0: that's a beast right there mm-hmm. like <laughs> yeah. how'd, you do, how'd you how'd you how'd it go
1: she can shoot that ball. She was like yeah. solid and like tall, but she could also shoot it too. And like yeah.
0: just,
1: yeah, it was.
0: So, <laughs> so you, so you, you felt, know, felt that? Hey, like probably, know. probably at times that cues and out there is kind of like you're not, not, not in a bad way, but just sort of like probably dominating sometimes, right? And yeah. then it's like, all right, everyone is just like me, if not better, in some ways, because yeah. they're veterans and you know they've had the experience, like and I. Tough. Felt-
1: Yes. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. a challenge. Like, I felt like basketball. I know what kept me off the court for a lot of it at the beginning of the year, or the beginning of my couple of years, was just like that one, the, the speed of the game. Like, I can run with you. No problem. It was the lateral stuff, like the quick reactions, mm. defense. like getting that hedge quick before someone like slips and they got that easy um, layup or like just the yeah. reactions. Like, I wasn't, I was not on it. Um, mm-hmm. Defensively, like being able to, okay. Call the call the trap, call the switch, call the the hedge, whatever it is. The schemes. Like I just, I can admit that I like was not at the level I need to be at for that. So, uh, one thing that the coaches told me was going overseas will help you
2: because mm.
1: I went to Russia and I was playing pretty much against teams full of WNBA players again. So that helped me get to that level of like okay, getting used to. And I was getting playing time because like you're on a team, the team that I played for, I was the only American. So they mm. have expectations on you. So you're getting a lot of minutes and it, going overseas definitely helped me. So every time I came back the next year, I was that much better and better, and but better and I was able to earn some more playing time. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a learning curve. But mm. looking back, I'm, I'm thankful for it because now when I have teammates, I can talk about being the bench warmer, can barely get off the bench. And I can also talk about being able to get back on the bench because like, you're getting a lot of minutes. Like I've experienced it all. So I can relate to like different teammates at different parts of where they are on their journey and like just try and encourage them where they're at.
0: And do you find yourself with team Canada um, just naturally morphing into that role? You're young to me, but in your years with hoops and team, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. (laughs) Like you look at the roster that you were just hooping with and you're like, wow. All right. So do you notice that? And we had Sila on the podcast actually, right? And she, you know in her little jokingly way silent she talked
2: Assassin.
1: To...
0: hey
1: we call it silent assassin cuz yeah
0: yeah she 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 talked about like you know a team meal and the girls are all sitting around talking about mortgages or you know like pensions and i'm like what's happening on tiktok right so now do you do you feel that role so, you know you're stepping into that role a little bit and like do you find yourself um maybe when you see a younger teammate on Team Canada come off and they're frustrated, are you the person who goes over or do you let it be or do you let that conversation happen organically? Um,
1: or do I they try come to for it organically usually. Like if yeah. there's are beside me, okay, I might give you like a little pound, like you're doing okay, you're fine, or like you got this. Um, have those conversations maybe off the court afterwards, like a later mm-hmm. time. Um, but I don't try to... I'm don't like to try to force anything. I like to let it happen organically. Like, or if they come to me for advice, I'll happily give it. But um, yeah, I don't try to force it because you have to be in the right. There's times where you're like in the heat of the moment, you still want to hear something. For or, sure. Like, right mind frame to hear it, and like once you take a step back. You're like okay. So, but in that moment, I usually just try to be encouragement. Like, next play, you got this. Take that shot. Like, we need you. Build them up. Yep.
0: So being the oldest in that group. <laughs> what was the what was the biggest thing they noticed? What's the biggest difference that you notice that you know? And don't don't be worked up about it. It's just natural. I mean, take it as an honor. You're out there hooping, right? Like it is,
1: but still shock. I think I was I, like,
0: yeah. Cause I you feel like, like it's happened fast, right? Like you still yes. think you're yeah, you still think you're like in grade nine and you know, getting your letter from Stanford. It's like, nope, yes, you're the oldest on, on Team Canada right so now. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it happened so quick. I don't know. Yeah. Like, when did this happen? But um <laughs> Like, I think I was 15 years, 14 years older than some of my teammates. And I was like, ooh, Kayla. <laughs> and then the funny part that I'll take as a compliment, like, when my, some of my teammates are no. like, They're like, oh, you don't play like you're, like, 32. Like, no. <laughs> no, they hit you
0: with
2: that. <laughs>
1: like, you're, you're still running the floor court. I was like, I would hope so. <laughs> so thank you.
0: Oh no! They're hitting you with that. That's
1: (laughs) yeah. I'm the old head now.
0: Yeah. Uh, What was the original question, though? Sorry. (laughs) I don't even remember. I'm dying. (laughs) Oh, what's the what's the biggest difference that you notice, or like, is it the conversations they're having, like how they act, like what is it? Is it you're the first to go to bed? Like, what's kind of the thing that makes you go? Wow. Yeah.
1: Also, like the big thing too. When you're young, like. You just run up and down, and, like you're good to go. Like you're warm. Yeah. I need to proper a warm up. Like I'm doing yeah. the warm up before we warm up. <laughs> no. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. How
1: I'm going to go to the gym, put their shoes on to start shooting? I'm like, let me get my bands out. Let me do my activations first. Let me get warm and yeah. ready for warm up. And then so I can like play. So, like, that's a big difference <laughs> that I've noticed. Um, also, yeah, just like treatment. Like, we're always, I feel like, Th- after practices, like who wants treatment? It's always the older kids, like the older ones, like, oh, <laughs> up for that treatment, please. Um, yeah. Getting in like a schedule of, like, yeah, I'm going to bed early, or like, I- I'll be the first to admit I can't hang. Like, I'm not trying to be out late, like, be yeah. me- in my bed. So, yep. just those things. but For
0: sure. I, li- I, li- I-, I listen to a bunch of different sports podcasts and can't tell you how many people who talk about kind of when they knew it was time or whatever that they, they mentioned sort of, I just couldn't do the daily, like if I could just step out there and play the game, no problem, but just the day in and day out of activating. And then I just knew it was, it was just too much. Right. You know, and people that are much older than you, I'm not saying your career is at the end. I'm just saying like that reflection of trying to get your body working. And then it's so hard to convince 17 year olds that this is, they're going to be their reality. Right. Like We'll like do just yoga, just do yeah. Like we'll do yoga and PE class, yeah. And I'm like outstretching, like I'm doing better than they are, and I'm like, I'm 46. What's happening? But they just they take it for granted. I think we all did right. So it's, oh, that's good stuff. I'm healthy. Like I can
2: still
1: go. Like I can still. Yeah. Just, just give me some time to warm up. Give me yeah. warm up, and I'm good for you.
0: And then yeah. I noticed
1: like for us older ones, if we like want to keep going. Like we'll take yeah. a water break and let me keep going. Let me stay warm. <laughs> so <Slowly. laughs>
0: yeah, that three minutes sitting on the, on the chair is like, no, I'm done for the day. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, before we do some fun questions and get you on your way, let's talk about team Canada. Um, you mentioned some, you know, you said it took me a while. When did you first crack the roster and, and sort of, um, Talk about what it means to you already did a little bit, but sort of represent your country and your family and uh and you know be able to do that on the other side of the ball. Yeah.
1: Yes. Okay. So my journey took I had a little bit of a journey to get to the national team. So I want to encourage everybody listening. Like if you have mm-hmm. a goal of team, like you might not get it the first or second time, but keep at it. Like it'll happen.
0: Space is pretty similar in that ace mm-hmm. kind of oh, you know awesome. yeah yeah she was on, yeah it t- took her time to get you know finally cracked that roster and it was probably some frustrating times too so yeah very good point like keep if it's something you want keep pushing yeah let's get yeah. more into that yeah
1: remember the first time i tried out didn't make it which at the time i understood uh i think i still don't have some confidence things i need to work on just Understanding the game better, um, so things I needed to work on needed to work on. Second time I went back, I felt like I had more playing experience. I've been playing pro for a few years now, and I felt like a stronger player. And I just didn't make the cut. That 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 one really hurt. And I'll be a little honest. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of done right now. Kind <laughs> of basketball.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'll stick to the W and playing overseas because that's working for me. But mm-hmm. there's that thing, like when you're passionate about something, like it's hard to let it go. So eventually, I came back, and I was able to finally pack the roster, make the team. um as far as playing time, that was something that was something I had to, like was trying to get. wasn't getting a, a lot of it, but just thankful to be to finally made it here and like to be learning in this environment, playing in some of the best of the best and learning from them. um, and then eventually got an opportunity where I was able to, like be like, Perform for a team. Be someone that the coaches could rely on, um, and just help us um, get to where we want to go. So I'm very thankful for that. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a journey, and it's full of ups and downs. From mm-hmm. not being able to crack the roster to finally cracking the roster, warming the bench to eventually like it's a journey. So, mm-hmm. um, but I'm thankful for it, and I don't take it for granted either because. When I finally did crack the roster, um, the first, yeah, when I finally cracked the roster, that was the year we were going to Tenerife for the World Cup. Mm-hmm. World, yeah, no, World. Yeah, the World Cup. And in our second exhibition game, because we were playing two exhibition games in Connecticut before we were flying out, um, I got injured against uh, USA. So even though I had finally cracked the roster, God was like, nope, not your time. And mm-hmm. I didn't team, and I had to like rehab um, during that time. So that was frustrating and disappointing. Um, but God gave me something beautiful out of that. I got to do, got to go be part of like the NBA Canada series. I got to interact with young girls, which is something that just like fuels me. Mm-hmm. Um, got to do all different, like, uh, uh, what, what I call it? Like this events that I got to do, like a Q and A, got to go to a school and talk with the kids. And I love that stuff. So it was a blessing in disguise. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, as far as wearing the Canadian jersey, wearing the the maple leaf on my chest, that's something that I will never take for granted because I know how hard it took to get to this point. I know how quickly it can be taken away. And I know what an honor it is to be able to wear that and represent your country doing something that you absolutely love at the highest level. So that's mm-hmm. something that's for that court. Whether it's in practices or for games, I just try to enjoy it. And I think now as I get older, just trying to enjoy every moment because like there's not going to be too many more of these left. And um, yeah, exp- enjoying taking these memories with like my teammates, the coaching staff, and doing everything that I can to help um, the team be successful and get us to that next stage. Because at the end of the day, our, I believe our ultimate goal is the Olympics and then to get on that podium. So.
0: What can we say about the people at Parkside, especially our guy, Sam Payne, a huge supporter of basketball in our community. The gentleman does many things behind the scenes that people don't know about. And one of those is supporting our podcast from literally day one. Sam reached out to us and said, hey, I like what you're doing. How do we get involved? And what you can do is find them at any local government store or Come down to the brewery, sit on the patio, sit in the back, listen to the music, come for music trivia night, whatever it is. The wide variety of beer that they offer is second to none. And Port Moody in the Brewers Row is a great place to be. We are so appreciative of Parkside Brewery, we can't even say it in enough words. Head down. We hope to see Parkside. And if you can't, find a way to support because they do a lot for us. Cheers. It's a good reflection too and I think it's the same in just in general like work like you know when you start you start for Team Canada or basketball or you know it's a pro thing and it's exciting and you go on these road trips and then you're kind of in the middle and it's like ah this bus ride or whatever and then as you become older you're more reflective and you realize just that those moments will be less and yeah you know what I'm gonna enjoy this flight to Miami and then I'm gonna enjoy my time in Miami I'm gonna be grateful for all this and it's and it's hard to kind of have that the whole way, you know? And I think you're, uh yeah, you're giving some really good reflection there. That's awesome. Let's touch on the magic of basketball before we do the fun. I really wanted to get into that. I don't want to lose that in my brain. You probably would, but let's give it the plug and let's talk about all that. I think it's very cool, the stuff that I've seen. Um, And I think um it says a lot about you just sort of being a well-rounded human who's got other interests and things in her life you talked about being in art with your teacher when you're young and having different ways to sort of share your experience so talk about that
1: so the magic of basketball is started out as my children's book that I co-wrote with my sister Mm -hmm. so I'm a big journaler and as I was just reflecting on my journey with the game of ball I realized like wow this orange basketball ball has given me so much, whether it's taught me life skills or life lessons that I've carried throughout my life, both on and off the court, the travel it's allowed me, the free education it's afforded me, the opportunity to make a career out of this game and provide for myself and for my family. like That has been incredible. And I just want to find a way to take all my learnings, take my love of this game, my love for kids, um, especially I'm big on women empowerment and like building up young girls, um, and my love of art and drawing. So then the idea came, Kayla, write a children's book. So I took all the notes from my journals, did different drafts, and finally got to a draft version that I liked. Got my sister to read it because she is, in my opinion, like the smartest people I know. I love the way her brain works. I think she's just really talented, and she can do anything she wants. (laughs) And she's Mm -hmm. just super talented when it comes to words. Like She and my father have a way with words that I will never have. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I so I read our Shoulder my like draft and it was, I had like the first two lines rhyme and then the next two didn't. And I had that like a reoccurring theme. And then she was like, Kayla, this is stupid. Like if you're going to do it, make the whole thing rhyme. And I was like, well, then help me because I'm not talented. So I kind of forced her to help me, but it was a fun, I really enjoyed that whole experience of like writing the book together, coming up with ideas, coming up with words or trying to find words that rhymed or what's the next lesson or how do we make, like, how do we make this like a flowing book? We eventually got it to a point that we loved. And then I remember at the time, it took me about six months because I was doing the illustrations while I was playing professionally in Australia. And then when I came back, we got the illustrations, laid them all out. We decided to self publish through KDP, which is part of Amazon. Mm-hmm. And we eventually got our book, The Magic of Basketball. And it's just something that it's like my baby, something I'm really proud of and thankful that. How cool is that? Right. Something that I was able to create with my sister. And it's so cool to see something that you've been hiding in your head. Cause this is yeah. an idea i had in my mind for like years. Like always <laughs> I always, I had this idea, I want to do this one day. And I was like, yeah, stop talking about it. Just do it. Yeah. Just, I think it was like the fear, but I was like, just do it Kayla. Like, you're not going to know unless you try. But to have something like physical and then to get pictures of people being like, yeah, we got your book or my sister or my daughters love your book or my cousins. Like to me, that like just warms my heart. And then Mm -hmm. in the book at the back, because I'm really big on this, um, we have like journaling pages uh, to write out your dreams, like write out all your dreams you have for your life and then goals, like how are you going to accomplish those dreams? Um, So I think it's important for young kids to start that early. And then, yeah, I just like the lessons in the book, even though it's geared towards young kids because it's a a picture book. I think the lessons are for people, whether you're three years old, all the way to like 80 years old, it's something that can apply to everybody. And Mm -hmm. then... That eventually morphed. Um, I have a manager. Her name is Kelly Giannopoulos, and she has incredible experience when it comes to the sports world. Um, We're both very passionate about the next generation, young girls. So through my children's book, we developed like a organization program, uh, I guess, brand called the Magic of Basketball. And there's different uh, layers to it. So one layer of it is my girls' exposure camp. Um, so we did that the first year and it was great. And the second year I was able to partner with Nav Batia, who I just think is an incredible human being. Uh, he is someone that I really admire and hope to aspire to be one day, just the way he is, how much he gives back to the community. He's just all about positivity and inclusivity mm-hmm. and just love what he represents. Um, so I was very thankful that we were able to partner with him, put on like a, a day camp for just girls and... Mm-hmm of who I am, educator and me. It's never just basketball. There's always like a, a level to it. So I had like a class <laughs> session where I was able to bring out my, the first year I brought out Miranda Aying, my former uh, teammate with Team Canada, three-time Olympian, I believe, and just incredible human being to talk uh, with the girls. This year I did more of a Q&A session slash panel discussion where I brought out Sammy Hill from Canada basketball as well. Savannah Hamilton, who works with the Raptors, uh, my friend Nicole Murphy, who we co-founded Tall Size Together, Clothing, um, a tall a marketplace for tall women to shop and find and sell clothes designed for their tall bodies because shopping as a tall woman is impossible.
2: Uh, no. <laughs>
1: I brought them all because they all play basketball at different levels. Mm-hmm. Um, they all use basketball to get them to where they are today and the skills and the lessons that basketball taught them allowed them to be successful women and leaders. In the mm-hmm. So I thought that was important for these young girls to see like basketball is incredible. Like take advantage of it now, whether you play for fun, whether you want to get a college degree, whether you want to play pro, like you don't have this different avenues that this sport can take you if you mm. uh, take advantage of it. So for sure. Yes. And then the most recent thing that we did with the Magic of Basketball was after we qualified for the Olympic qualifier was taking place in february um bc was still in toronto so we had a it was called next gen oh i'm blanking on the name of the event but basically we had bridget carlton she we had about maybe 15 of our campers or so it was like a, a intimate it was at make way and mm. she did a Q&A with uh Savannah Hamilton, again, just talked about her journey, the game of basketball. Um, The young girls got to do a Q&A with her. And then afterwards, Canada Basketball, they have this mad love initiative where they do a workshop with young girls just about like, what is your mad love about yourself, about the game of basketball? And it really is just to focus on like uh, inner girls, like confidence um, and just like encouraging them and empowering them. So it was an incredible event. But yeah, all that to say anything that has to do with like young girls, um, the basketball, empowering the next generation, I will always be here for. So,
0: so I'm gonna do a Simon Sinek on you. Do you know Simon Sinek, the writer? Nope. Okay. He's, He's just right. like a like leadership. Okay. Um, him and Brene Brown. I'm a huge Brene Brown fan as well. I don't know if you know Brene Brown. Um she's also sure, big in me. leadership. Oh, check it out. Yeah, if you're talking about like she she studies like um vulnerability and shame um she's amazing uh but he has a book called start with why so give me the why 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 the empowerment of women other than the obvious reason behind it is because it'll make for a better world but is it something you know that you always had a dream of do you see yourself as a pay it forward so give me the why behind it all
1: i think just as you get older like as you reflect more you think of the ways you want to give back to the world, I guess, in a sense, or your community. And Mm -hmm. I just, people always poured into me. I had great coaches. I had people... Heck, even just going when I needed a, as a pro player when I was back in Milton, just needing a place to train. Like my old high school would open the doors for me before school, so I can get my shots up before school started. So just
0: little things, right?
1: Yeah, like that meant a lot to me. So just trying to find ways to just pay it forward and pay it back. And I'm sorry, the guys get everything. <laughs> the guys always have opportunities. Don't say to, it um,
0: louder for the people in the back. Go. Yeah, the
1: guys get
0: everything. <laughs> <laughs> and let's wanna... not, and like, let's not even fool ourselves. Y'all have been kicking ass well before our guys. Like, our, our the guys made it. The guys made it, and I lost my mind because it's been so damn long. The women have been here. The women have been doing it. Like, let's not get it twisted. Oh, this
1: is a little pet peeve I still have. I'm, I'm trying to work yes. on it. Yeah, like the okay. World Cup, for instance. Like it's safe place. last uh, year, the guys played theirs. This year. We had eight games in ten days. How's that? But, for anybody's that's not right.
0: Body?
1: Like, I'm just feeble. Explain it. Like, how's yeah. that good for anybody's body recovery wise to give you a good product on the floor? But
0: so you think go? they're just trying to save money and get it over with?
1: That's I, that's a, I, I'd like to know
0: because okay. the guy played every
1: yeah. other day, and I was like, what's yeah. a lovely schedule? <laughs> but anyways, killer,
0: let it go. <laughs> on. Nah, no, those are good points for you to make. I think it's neat. to be that. said. Right? I don't think it comes from a. You want the game to grow and be better. That's all. Your intent is not to take away from what the men have, but let's keep building on our side because the product is there and it's, we deserve the same. It's, you're not saying anything that's inappropriate. Yeah.
1: So I, that's where I'm at. I want to give women opportunities and girls yeah. opportunities. And yeah, that's, that's my why. Okay. next
0: Good. All right. Well, well, we'll round up like 200 women in our gym Um, We'll get hoopers from all over BC to come and you can come speak to them one year. Sound good.
1: Love that. And then we can get on the court and have some fun.
0: Yeah, we got you. All right. Okay. Awesome. Um, This has been so great. Uh, What an insightful person and let's do some fun questions and then you can sort of get the blanket and watch some Netflix and I'll go uh, teach the youth of our future something. (laughs) (laughs) Sound good.
1: I'll be doing class size stuff, but it sounds good.
0: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, you're on the road. You're either or home. Doesn't matter. You're in Europe, any part of the world. You're feeling a little munchy. What bag of chips are you grabbing? Is there one? So out there? if
1: I'm being honest, I'm a chocolate girl.
0: Like, okay, my, you
1: know, like I give me chocolate or give me chocolate chip cookies. I'm the cookie monster. <laughs> I, I, I write okay. so I can work it off. Yeah, uh, but yeah, is there a kind
0: of is there certain chocolate or is it just like milk chocolate or dark chocolate? Like all, some milk almonds, chocolate. Milk, milk chocolate. chocolate.
1: Don't put nuts in it. If you're going to put anything yep. in it, caramel, but milk chocolate is great. And if not, just give me a good, chewy chocolate chip cookie. I'll even do like an M&M cookie, but just give me like a good cookie and I'll be happy. If I have to do chips, though, plant mm-hmm. chips because that's Jamaican part of me. So
0: <laughs> you don't know. Love it. Okay. Dead or alive. The artist can be dead or alive. You got the best seat in the house. You can take whoever you want. Um, which artist are you going to go see, or are there a couple that you might want to go see?
1: Yeah. So first one on the list is Alive Beyonce. Um, I would love to see her in concert. So I, did... seen, so I
0: haven't seen, so haven't seen her yet. I haven't seen the queen. Okay. Anybody she wants to
1: take you to Beyonce concert? <laughs> uh, I'd love to see her.
0: That must uh, be the hard part too. Hey, when you're like traveling or you're, you know, you're over in France and you see like a show and you're like, man, right? Like, because apparently when she was here she killed it like 14 wardrobes and just yeah okay
1: i I was looking at it too i was was looking online like i was like i'll go to europe while i'm here i'll just stay in europe and go see her but yeah yeah. (laughs) expensive Um, that's the thing
0: too (laughs) they get sold out in 12 seconds and then i can't afford quadruple the price for a ticket come Uh, on someone get kayla to see the queen who's out there there's someone's out someone's got a link come on the power of a podcast let's go (laughs) <laughs> On this, alive
1: as well, too. I would love to see Coldplay. I like their music, too. I think they have their music. So and then Dead, who I wish I could have seen, um Whitney Houston and Michael Jordan. Oh Michael Jackson, sorry. Because I excited just feel like two legends, like absolute legends. One's a legendary performer. One has legendary voice. So
0: imagine Whitney in, like, a really good, like auditorium with just great sound, like, oh, it would be chills love it mj low-key is becoming probably one of the most popular uh like choices for people on the show just because he's because he runs the whole thing right it's the songs it's the dancing it's he's got it all right yeah not wrong love it
1: and you can still Uh, bump to music today like thriller is still like a big time song like there's so many yeah
0: for sure Um, you've touched on many, many important people in your life. And I know that you're a woman of deep faith as well. So who have been some of the most important people in your life outside of anyone? I mean, you've, you've mentioned mentors, your family, you mentioned God, there's so many people. Is there anyone you've missed or do you want to retouch on?
1: It's such a long list. I mean,
0: (laughs) You've you've done a really good job of along the way, you know, I think some people on the show, they had their story, and then at the end, they're like, "Oh God, I got to remember all these people." But you've done a good job of those. And I think because life's like chapters, you know, it's like our journeys. There's little chapters, and you've done a good, you know, a good way of summarizing who those people are. So yeah, sorry I cut you off there. You keep oh, going. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I think at the top will always be like God, Jesus, like that's number one for me. And then right under is my family, like my parents, my siblings. They always supported me and helped me and they guided me throughout the way. My friends, too, because they were also my support system and the ones who hung with me when I missed birthday parties and weddings mm-hmm. and like still like understood like I was what I was trying to accomplish. And they're still my friends to this day.
2: Appreciate mm-hmm. them you mm-hmm.
1: um, get it. And then some notable ones I want to shout out, Miss Betsy. So when I got drafted to the WNBA, she was the chaplain for our team in San Antonio. And I call her my spiritual mama. And she just helped me with my spiritual growth and developing my faith throughout the years. Also, mm-hmm. want to give a shout out to the Johnson family as well, specifically Travis Johnson, because he also helped me grow in my faith when I was in San Antonio. And just I think that's where my faith really grew, went to like a, a next level, like of understanding, like it's more than just reading the Bible, like it's actually about like that relationship that you have with Christ. Mm-hmm. Um so that was really important for me. Um, in Syracuse University at uh, FCA, uh, Nathan Bliss, he was really helpful with me as well because I don't know if there's just a lot of I struggled a lot with identity, like understanding like who I am with basketball, like having to I had to learn to separate myself from Kayla the basketball player because if I'm Kayla the basketball player, when I play well, I'm up here, and when I play not so great, mm. at the gym gym, I'm it's like a roller coaster that I was not enjoying. So mm-hmm. I had to learn that my identity is in Christ. That's who my center for is. And after that, basketball is something that I do. It's not who I am. Um, so I had to learn that. It took a while to learn that. So I'm thankful that I learned that. Um, so Nathan Bliss from FCA. And then just all my coaches throughout the years, teachers. Um, yeah, I don't have all the names right now, but okay. I think they all know who they are. And if I saw them, like they know I'd always, I'm always eternally thankful and grateful to them because they played a role. And my journey and helping me along the way.
0: Fantastic, love it. Books or movies?
1: Ooh, that's tough. So, okay, I got black. You hairs. can
0: dabble in both. Give us a little both. Come on. Could tell by the facial expression right away in the pause. It's like, yeah. oh, okay.
1: When I have to like do my hair, for instance, it's like a wash. Yep. Like, say it's going to be like three hours. I'd rather watch a movie because it's kind of hard to flip through a book and do your hair at the same time. So, <laughs> it could be in that sense.
0: I can oh, relate. Uh,
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Let me do the mustache. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, But there's something about a good book, being able to just get lost in the pages, whether you need just a good escape and you want to read like a little rom-com or if you want a page turner and you're reading something suspenseful, like what's going to happen next? Or also a really good, like just a self-development book, whether it's like on habits or like confidence or whatever the case. Um, Sometimes like when I'm traveling, I love a good book um, to read through the pages. So
0: there's levels to this lady. Yeah. Holy, well done. She's covering it all. Is there, I don't want to put you in a spot, is there a book or a show or a movie that just stands out to you when you just ask you that? Like, is there something? Are you like a go back and rewatch or do you just like what's current and go with it?
1: No, I'll, I'll go back and rewatch. Yeah.
0: Okay, yeah. so what's a rewatch for you? Come on.
1: Don't judge me for this. Guilty. But, no, um,
0: no
2: judgment. No, no.
1: Uh one that I used to rewatch a lot back in the day, but especially my Russia days. Um Jumping the Broom. I don't know. I just like that movie. It's just like a family I guess you could call it like a family movie. It's funny. Um yeah, I like that movie. Don't judge me all you want, but jumping the broom was uh something that I can rewatch over and over again. Um and then a you're book. sitting
0: there playing pro ball in Russia. I don't think anyone's here to judge what you're putting on the TV because we know it's probably not the local cable is probably not great. So
1: Oh, yeah. I did not. I don't think I ever turned on a TV. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> like
1: my, my books and my my iPad and my laptop. Um, as far as a book that, like, a book that, like, changed, like, had me, like, convicted when I was reading mm. it, it's called uh, Crazy Love by... I see his face, I don't see his name. Maybe, yeah. It's called Crazy Love. It's a faith book. A challenge. It really convicts you about, like... Just about what, like the Bible, and what it really means to be like a follower of Jesus. And Francis um, Chan. Thank you. That's the one.
0: Got you. I'm here for you. Got you. Love it.
1: Very convicting. If you want to be convicted, yeah,
0: read Crazy Love. Okay. Um. Very Canadian thing. How do you feel about ketchup on macaroni?
1: Okay. So first one, no. (laughs) Two. (laughs) What kind of macaroni? Like we're already, talking about good baked oh, like cheese, Nah, we're
0: talking like K, we're talking like Katie. Some. I oh, no, know. Yeah. That's okay, no.
1: Both in the trash. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> okay. So uh, no, don't apologize. So what if it is some good, nice macaroni? Is there like some hot sauce involved, or just enjoying the nice, warm, you know, comfort food?
1: Yep, just enjoying it. I'm not big on like I like spices and flavor. I don't like it when. I can't taste it anymore because my tongue's on fire. So yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Usually, yeah, I'll just, like, just like the good old baked mac and cheese. But that's only like, that's kind of heavy. So yeah. that's what I eat like the day before and off day so I can recover.
2: Yeah, but, yeah. Uh,
0: Got you. Okay. <laughs> um, you and four players. This is always a tough one for people. I know, I know. Or like you could take it anyway. Like <laughs> I wish people could see you right now. yeah she's feeling guilty already uh all-time teammates i don't know who stands out or like i mean but i mean at the same time it's like maybe we should just go you and four players it's on the blacktop first to 21 call your own threes and twos so you got to like you got to build a team for success with you she's not like this question should we move on (laughs)
2: Because there's
1: what yeah. I'd like to think I've been blessed to play with some big yeah, everyone
0: knows players. that. Yeah. And so, I, I don't, how
1: don't think how do you pick just four? I don't know. And then okay, so like first in my mind, I'm thinking of like my Canada kind of basketball teammates, like Shay, she's a dog. <laughs> like I <don't> want to play <laughs> with her. She's gonna bully you and get to the basket, or she's gonna drain three. Same with Nara Fields and Kia nurse. Um, and then Sammy Hill, because of her energy, like she can shoot that ball. She's going to give it to you on defense. Like you can't run with her. <laughs> um, Bridget Carlton, because she's so, she can play inside outside again, can shoot that ball, but she will post you up and give you buckets. So it's like, mm-hmm. and that's how many players are right there. And that's not fair. Cause then, <laughs> and also uh, Leticia Amir, because I just feel like she's a cheat code. Like she's, <laughs> so talented. she's so long. I hate playing against her. Like she makes me better in practices because she's just so long and athletic. And I feel like the sky's mm. the limit for her. So like, how do you pick? And I haven't even touched <laughs> about my teammates yet.
2: So, yeah, yeah.
1: And then I just need to go like, I really admire um, playing against her. That we played against. I played against her a lot, but playing with her one year in Minnesota with uh, Sylvia Fowles, I just she was always like a post player that I always aspired to like. Because just for dominance,
2: mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. you
1: can't stop her. It's like you just can't stop her. So it's like that's someone you got to pick on your team. So it's just hard to pick. Like I Fair. have so much respect for so many different players, and I didn't even name like half a, not even like one tenth of them. So
0: yeah, that's tough. That's a well tough done. Player. Okay, fine. You can avoid it all you want. All right. <laughs> nobody's nobody's gonna unfollow you on ig now you make a good point you make a good point you did name drop quite a few great players there so that's fantastic i think it says a lot about uh you as a player but also like how awesome is that you can reflect and not even you know how many great basketball players and people you've had the opportunity to play with and against pretty fantastic
2: yeah it's that's tough
0: yeah that's uh it's okay I could tell right away it was two hands on the face and just like, <laughs> uh, all right. So then, this last question for you is: um, Who would you like to see on our podcast, A Hoops Journey? Who's got a good story out there? Um, can be more than one person. We're open to it. We trust that you would give us a good uh, human being to chat with. Um, but you, you're the plug, though. You're the Steve Bauer. You're the connect.
1: So okay, you said you've spoken with Ace already. Yep. Have you spoken with, like, Shay Colley? Nope. Have, okay, have you spoken with Sammy Hill? Nope. Oh, Bridget Carlton?
0: Nope.
1: Oh, okay, have you... Also, Steve, because I just feel like he has a great well, story.
0: Yeah, will, We'll get him one day. He can only avoid us for so long. Yeah.
1: I could be, like, a nudge. Like, Steve, it's yeah. your team. Um, Who
0: else?
1: They have to be players. Can they be coaches, too?
2: Coach?
0: coach. Oh yeah, we have many coaches too. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I feel like our coach, um, well, Noel, Muriel, Carly, and then also Coach Leppana would be a great because he's had some incredible experiences as well throughout his career. So there's so many. There's so many.
0: All right, we'll talk offline. <laughs> I won't bother you too much, but you give after it some after thought.
2: Text. After that, it's yeah, you...
0: Okay, fair, fair. I love it. I love it. Awesome. Um, this was so fantastic. Thank you for taking the time to be with us. Any sort of last ideas or thoughts that are swirling around your head and um thank you on behalf of the podcast. Thank you on behalf of Canada basketball for all the time you've put into our country and continuing to fight for uh, young women and and continuing to fight for the program and and say things like you did about that there can be there, that it's things are good, but they could still be better. And I think you're saying a lot of things that are important and and that many other people feel. And I think it's, uh, your story's great. You're an amazing dominant baller, but you also have so many other aspects to your life that you're going to share once basketball ends for you. And, and I know, um, you continue to reinvent yourself. So thank you for being with us.
1: Thank you for having me. And honestly, I'm just very thankful for people like you who take the time to get to know us and share our stories. Mm -hmm. I guess last parting words would be um, go Canada basketball and to dream big and believe in your dreams and take the time to enjoy the journey because uh, the destination may not always be how you pictured it, but it's the journey along the way that shapes you. And that's where you discover what you're built of, the opportunities, hidden opportunities and uh, lessons. And yeah, so I'd say enjoy the journey.
0: I did not pay her to say this or anything, ladies and gentlemen, because when I was thinking of the name of the podcast, I love the word journey and I couldn't agree more. What a great way to end it a Hoops Journey, episode 123, a fantastic human, an amazing basketball player, a role model and someone we are super thankful for being with us. We'll see you on the next episode.